We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 6 Sunday Live. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, easy way to do so, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, not the live chat, the comment section. Tell me who your slate breaker for week 6 is going to be. It doesn't change every Sunday. This is what we're doing is the giveaway here. Plus, you can download the audio podcast probably around oh, a lot earlier than normal this week, but probably around like 10, 15 a.m. Eastern time. It'll be up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. But if you want to get into the draw for 20 DK bucks, what you need to do is subscribe to one of those audio podcast feeds for the Pat Mayo experience. Leave your DraftKings handle in the review, the five-star review, and just say something nice about the show. We'll be all good to go. Bit of a different lineup for you this week. All of the rankings, DraftKings cheat sheet, ownership, everything like that in the description and comment section of this video and podcast. If you want to follow along, if you want your questions answered a little bit easier, we can do that. And it's just me this week. It's Canadian Thanksgiving. Gary and he's away. Cust, he's away. It's just myself. Paul Shag's behind the camera, so we might get him to chime in at some point. But it means we're going to get to your questions a little bit earlier than we normally would. So I'll call for the questions at some point. So if you leave them in there now, probably not going to answer them. Although I will answer three right off the top. Let's go right here. Uh, is Hollywood Brown playing today? I guess we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, as we go through the injury report, but it's not looking likely. Malcolm Brown or Alshon Jeffrey? I'm going to stick with Alshon Jeffrey here. I'll do that. Actually, let's just get to the injury report so I can just kind of break down this stuff. Maybe this answers some of the questions for a lot of the people. Number one, no Todd Gurley this week. He is sitting out this game against the 49ers, leaving Malcolm Brown, which is reported to be a featured role. I don't know if I completely buy that. They've activated John Kelly from the practice squad, so they'll have Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and John Kelly. I would expect 
to see Malcolm Brown to see at least a plurality of the snaps and touches, probably a vast majority, but him playing like 85%, 80%, I'm dubious. Um, so the DraftKings price is going to be fine. He's $4,300 on DraftKings. There's a lot of running backs down in that spot that if you didn't want to use him, I completely get it. If you want to switch on to Miles Sanders or Hyde or AP or whoever it might be that tickles your fancy down in that range, they're acceptable pivot plays. I can see using him. I can see not using him. Uh, he's not necessarily a free square as some of these guys tend to be when the spot opens up because we don't know how the trickle-down effect of backfield work is going to go. For season-long purposes, uh, I do have him ranked uh, as a running back, too. Uh, you can check out the rankings to figure out where I'm going with all of those as it pertains to PPR running backs this week. Listen, if you're in a spot where you need a running back, obviously play Malcolm Brown because there's so many injuries, there's so many bye weeks that if you're just in a spot, play him. Don't worry about it if he sucks. Well, he sucks. It's better than playing no one or picking up some rando off the waiver wire that you know probably isn't going to touch the ball. I would not get tricky and do something like play Daryl Henderson, who... We haven't seen much of anyway, and the fact that they activated John Kelly leads me to believe that Kelly's going to be in the mix potentially more than Henderson. If Henderson was so trusted in this offense by Sean McVay, why isn't he playing? I don't know. Looks like Brendan Cooks is going to play too. These are the late games, the 4 o'clock slate, so we're probably not going to know till a little bit later on unless there's an official word put out by Schefter or Rappaport or one of those guys. So the next one looks like Alvin Kamara is going to play against Jacksonville. Good thing that's a one o'clock game, so there's no real mystery there. I would expect him not necessarily to be limited, but maybe not as explosive. You're playing Kamara like you normally would. If you had picked up Latavius Murray or thinking about playing Latavius Murray, you can, but I certainly wouldn't trust it. He's not on like a Malcolm Brown tier, put it that way. I still have him ranked, I believe, number 32 in my running back rankings for the week. If Kamara was a scratch at the very last second, I'd probably elevate Latavius Murray to like running back 24. I just don't know how effective he's going to be in this offense without Drew Brees like we always had the idea in our minds that if Kamara doesn't play that awful Mark Ingram is going to do well or whoever they throw and we've seen it over the years like Tim Hightower throw him in there if he's going to be the lead bell cow back with the Saints it's all going to work itself out he's going to catch a few passes he's going to get all the goal line work and probably somewhere around 20 carries we don't know if that's going to be the case with Latavius he'd probably almost like Malcolm Brown being like a 70-30 split maybe because Dwayne Washington is still the backup there, and they probably just want to use a two-running back set and take the pressure off of Teddy Bridgewater. The guy to really play in this game, I mean, it's no shocker, is Michael Thomas. He already has that rapport with Teddy Bridgewater, and of the big three wide receivers this week on DraftKings, you have Julio, you have Michael Thomas, and you have DeAndre Hopkins and Cooper Cup. I like Cooper Cup the best of these guys, but if you're looking for a leverage play, it does look like Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins are coming in with substantial ownership, whereas Michael Thomas is going to be in the single digit. So if you have all those guys rated about the same, Michael Thomas shapes up to be the better play of the bunch if that's where you want to go. Uh, David Johnson, likely to play for the Arizona Cardinals. Not sure exactly if he's going to have the full-time workload against the Falcons, who just really struggle against especially pass-catching running backs. Uh, no Christian Kirk in this game either. Uh, it's at least the way that it's turning out. So David Johnson, probably a pass for me on DraftKings. As I stated on the Friday show, I like Nick Chubb a lot. I like Derrick Henry a lot. And I like Chris Carson a lot. If you want to tackle this mid-range, because it does appear like a lot of people are going to pay up for Elliott 
uh, and then kind of skip over this middle range and then just go down to the 4,000s, which makes a lot of sense. Like, you have Jordan Howard down there, like I mentioned. You have uh, Adrian Peterson. You have Carlos Hyde, Kenyon Drake, Tevin Coleman, Ito Smith, Malcolm Brown, Miles Sanders is down in that range as well. All viable options in week six. So it's really something to look forward to uh, when you're trying to differentiate your lineups a little bit. I do think tackling that middle tier. We'll talk about Carson in a second uh, as it pertains to the offensive line for the Chargers and how the spread is moving in that game. But that's uh, I, I like Carson a lot, especially with Rashad Penny dealing with this hamstring injury that it looks like he's going to play, but potentially could be limited. I just worry about running lanes against a very stout defensive line for the Cleveland Browns, who've, I mean, they got run all over on Monday night. This is a Jekyll and Hyde team. We really don't know how this is going to go. We've already seen the spread drop back down towards the Browns side. That's reverse line movement, too, because all of the money right now is coming in on the... Seattle Seahawks uh, and Vegas is saying, you know what? Everyone's off the Browns. Let's uh, let's let's entice people to bet the Seahawks a little bit more. So I actually do like the Browns. I picked them on the spread pick them show. I don't feel confidence in it. I'm not going to bet it. But if you're in a pool or you're playing in a Super 7, anything like that, the Browns could end up being a nice, not only leverage play pick because everyone's taking the Seahawks, but they have a very good chance of covering this game and winning at home. Uh, more injuries to talk about, though. Uh, Tyreek Hill is a game-time decision for the Chiefs. I do have lineups that have Tyreek Hill in them. I'm waiting. Obviously, this is an early game, so we're going to know when the actives and inactives come out. You do play with fire a little bit. Actually, more than a little bit. Substantially with Tyreek Hill if he's active, because how healthy is he going to be? The one thing to think about here is they turn around on a short week playing on Thursday night. So if Tyreek Hill is not fully good to go, I would not expect him to play whatsoever. Uh, So if he is going to play, that's kind of an indictment that, hey, he's good to go. He's going to play this week. He's going to play on the short week. We're full systems go. And Sammy Watkins is going to sit here. Byron Pringle is the one that everyone is going to go to at $3,500. And I really can't make a case against it. He's playing the Sammy Watkins role in this offense, even if he ends up with six targets in this game against a middle-tier pass defense like the Texans. Uh, He should be good enough to pay off his price pretty quickly. And he allows you to do so much. Like, if you really want to make a Stars and Scrubs lineup this week, uh, and we're looking at something like, you know, you have Pringle in there and you take Malcolm Brown and maybe you do want to play Adrian Peterson. Those are the three guys that you want to play. Then you pay down for hell. You can even use, I like Arizona's defense as the cheap defense at $1,900. A lot of people are going to the jets at $1,500 with Dallas now down to offensive linemen. It doesn't look like Smith or Lyle Collins is going to play this week. Um, so if you do that, you can essentially just build a super team <laughs> for the rest of your lineup. If you want to pay up for the expensive part of that chiefs Texan stack or go full stack with the Cardinals and Atlanta, anything to those different degrees or whatever shootout game you like the best, that could be the move that you take right off the top. Uh, and it can afford you the ability to do that of the defenses down here. Now that we're looking at them a little bit, the chiefs, tend to be pretty popular like i said i'm using the cardinals the three defenses that i'm rolling through my lineups this week are the cardinals for a cost saving lineup i have the rams in a bunch of spots and i have the saints in a bunch of spots i know gardner Minshew was lifted from the injury report but he's not great under pressure i know we all like Minshew walk uh he seems like a pretty cool guy very easy to root for uh and it's not like they're not going to move the ball in this game against the saints but the saints defense has vastly improved since the first two weeks of the season basically since teddy bridgewater took over under center that that defense has really been elevated and the pass rush has been so good and the jags offensive line not so hot 
so far this season. So I can see him being dropped a bunch of times. I believe he's fumbled six times in the past six games, not lost them, but you just want that pressure. You want the ability to generate bad throws. You want the ability to generate fumbles, everything like that. So that's really something to look forward to uh, for the Saints defense. I think they will generate a ton of pressure here. And that's another game where the Jags have just become substantially bigger favorites as the week has moved along. I still like the New Orleans Saints in that game. So with Walker, uh, switching back to Tyree Hill just for a second, I think you play him. You just you use him on DraftKings, you use him on your season-long lineup. This game is projected to, you know, it's the highest projected point total on the slate. If somehow Tyree can't go, that does open up the room for Cole Hardman in this entire mix. And Demarcus Robinson is sort of the leverage play of that game on the Texan side of the ball. Kenny Stills is going to be inactive and everyone just kind of pointing towards, Oh, it's going to be Kiki. It's going to be Kiki. Well, with Kiki, his snaps were down a week ago and that's maybe because he was coming back from injury. He did run a route on around 60% of Deshaun Watson's dropback. So that's nice. But we've also seen the Texans utilize these two tight end sets um, with Fells and Atkins, Duke Johnson can be mixed in there too as a slot option. So I wouldn't really just go to Kiki in this spot, uh, just thinking like, oh, no stills, fire up Kiki. It could work out, but I think that there are red flags around this. Carlos Hyde is the back that I like in that game as well. Uh, Hollywood Brown trending towards not playing for the Ravens. They're now 10 and a half point favorites. This is a big reverse line movement game too. This opened at 12. All of the money in the world is on the Ravens. Looking at it right now, let's see here. 85% of tickets are on the Ravens. 71% of the money is on the Ravens. Uh, it's 10 and a half. Like I mentioned, it, it was at 12 for a lot of the week. People keep steaming the Ravens. So maybe the Bengals are the sharp side. This is just a pure no bet for me. I'm not even putting it on the Super 7. I'll recap my Super 7 picks here in a minute, but this will not end up making the list. Uh, the only sort of viable option here is if you want to get off Pringle in the chalk, which I'm not doing, but Miles Boykin is $3,500 in this game. You're probably just going to see a lot of rushing because the Bengals cannot stop the run. So that awful Mark Ingram, I mean, he'll probably just do nothing besides fumble eight times. But if you did need to fire up like Gus Edwards in a pinch, this is not a terrible spot for him to get involved this week. He's been involved every single week as sort of the Ingram proxy. He's not really doing much in the receiving game, but if you see him get, you know, five to anywhere, anywhere between like five and 15 carries, if this game can get at a hand, it's probably a game to limit what Lamar Jackson does in the running game. But I do think that the loss of Hollywood Brown a lot of people might go to Willie Sneed. He's too expensive on DraftKings for my liking. There's just better options in the mid $5,000 range. So Boykin, but Mark Andrews is likely going to play in this game. He's $4,800. No one's really using him because they're either paying up for Kelsey or using Hooper or paying down and using Gerald Everett that Andrews has been so good almost every single week. Now we're getting him in a leverage spot at low ownership at $4,800. I do like that a lot. So that's something to really look forward to. Also at tight end, Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed are both out. Uh, this is a game against Miami. Uh, a lot of people are playing Adrian Peterson, but Jeremy Sprinkle is someone to look at in this spot at $2,600. You don't need to save that much money at tight end for someone who's as risky as Jeremy Sprinkle, but this is a very nice situation for him against a really bad defense. Uh, if you're just kind of looking for three catches and potentially a touchdown, that's what Sprinkle can bring to your lineup this week and give you those cost savings that if you wanted to pay up at another position, you would be doing uh, yourself potentially a service if you wanted to play a Superstars and Scrubs. I think a lot of people will be utilizing that Stars and Scrubs method this week to really jam in all of the superstars that they want, that a balanced build of any sort 
is going, even if you have chalkier players in your DraftKings lineup, if you just don't take, like, the, the way to sort of think of it is if, I, it, it's an easier comp in golf to use, but, you know, you can use all these chalky guys as long as you don't use, like, the top five guys on the slate. So if you just pass over, like, the top-end wide receivers this week, whether it be Julio or Hopkins, I'm not saying that you'd want to do that, but if you do, and even Cooper Cup you can throw into that mix because he's going to be very highly owned, but you want to use, like, Three wide receivers that were like $6,500 and below, even if they were chalky, very few people are actually utilizing that build. So the build contrarianness of that lineup can kind of take you away from the chalk build, meaning that you can use like these 15%, 20% owned guys and actually still get leverage on the field because you've constructed your lineup in a completely different way. Uh, also in that Redskins game, no Xavier Howard, fire up Terry McLaurin. Uh, Cherry Terry is just going to go nuts in this game, especially with Case Keenum back under center. He's my single favorite play from that game. And probably I might use Peterson in a spot just because I think that they're going to end up just feeding him the ball because they're nuts. But McLaurin sets up to be a very nice play with Pringle or sorry, Sprinkle. Sprinkle, Pringle, all these weird names. Jeremy Sprinkle as a potential outlier play if you really needed to save the money. I'm not using Gerald Everett anywhere. The cheap tight end that I decided to use was Sprinkle in some of those spots. More injuries. There is a report that Jeremy, George and Jeremy Kittle, I'm getting all mixed up with the names this morning. Forgive me. I need to have a swig of coffee, I think, just to write my mind just a little bit. George Kittle. Dealing with uh, an injury. It says he's going to be limited in this game. Now, he could be potentially limited in the receiving game. I like the Rams here, minus three. They've been really good under Sean McVay coming off the long week. Obviously, the teams that have played on Thursday night the following week, I believe, are eight and two against the spread so far. They're minus three at home. But the biggest thing for me in this game, Joe Staley, we know, has already been out. But Mike McClinchy is also out. They're losing both their tackles in this spot uh, against a Rams defensive line that can be somewhat potent because, you know, they have Aaron Donald on it, that Kittle might have to block a lot like he did in the first few weeks. Now, if you think the Rams can jump out to a lead in this game, that's why I like the Rams D so much here is that we haven't really seen the 49ers play from behind a lot this season, if at all. So if you force Jimmy G into a situation where he has to pass upwards of 40 times, that could lead to, like, we know he's turnover prone. It's just no one really wants to face off against the 49ers right now because they've been so effective running the ball. But if Kittle's banged up, he's been so effective in their run blocking scheme so far. And they're down both their tackles that it's kind of obvious where they want to run the ball. And it's probably straight into Aaron Donald, which is not a great idea. So I can see this game being a bit more limited in terms of how effective the rushing is on both sides of the ball, frankly, for the Rams and 49ers. At least that's the way that I'm gauging this game right now. You always want to pay attention to offensive line injuries. It's one of the most, it's one of the savviest things you can do. It doesn't really affect spreads and lines, but it's so important to the game. It's just like the Cowboys are down two of their best, they're down their two best offensive linemen. At least that's how it's shaping up. And the other one to look at for two is Seattle. Seattle's going to be down two offensive linemen in this game. So that's sort of the Chris Carson conundrum. I stayed away from the props on Carson. It's not like you're sitting Chris Carson this week but without Dwayne Brown around without the other guard around now we're seeing a situation where it might just be hard to open up running lanes it's going to take a lot of maybe rolling out motion from the backfield Uh, maybe you have to run Russell Wilson a few more times to open up some of these running lanes but I could see it being sort of a stiff week for Chris Carson here he'll get his volume so he should still be good on that end 
And whenever we think of Chris Carson, we know that he's going to get the ball inside the five-yard line unless Russ takes it himself. So the upside is definitely there. I just don't think he's the highest, highest, highest end play this week because of those injuries. And the only other real significant one to talk about is Hunter Henry is trending towards being back in the Sunday night game. I can't believe after like a broken kneecap, he's back this quickly. He'll, he too will be somewhat limited. I don't know if that's going to be what his role is going to be, if they're going to ask him to block because to the Chargers are down two offensive linemen, no Pouncey, no Russell Okun. Not great news, especially for a Pittsburgh pass defense or rush defense that has really been getting after the quarterback the past few weeks. That could just spell an absolute disaster for at least the deep passing game and some of the routes that Hunter Henry A wants to run. And they might need him to block more in these situations as well. If you're in a pinch at tight end, yeah, you can run him back out there. It'd be more of a wait and see thing for me. I haven't ranked just outside of my top 10. Like I would still play someone like Delaney Walker over him this week. It's not just like Hunter Henry is back, fire him up like he's Hunter Henry and we're all good to go. It's not really the case this week for him. Um, So a few more things. I got some props. I got my super seven that I want to get into. I played no spreads this week. I hit my super lock on Thursday. So maybe I'll jump in with a parlay. Maybe we'll construct one here uh, later, uh, later on in the show. I'll get Paul to jump in and maybe we'll talk through some of these games uh, and do a show parlay. But I did play a lot of props. Uh, it's one of the nice things about scaling back on the spreads is I've been far more successful with the props this year. So let's go right to it. The big three props that I'm playing this week, and I've parlayed them together. You can check it out on my Facebook page, my Instagram page, my Twitter page. It's all up there right now if you just want to go check them out or you've tuned in late and you want to see the props or want to reference back to them zane gonzalez the kicker for the arizona cardinals the air raid system good at moving the ball down the field cliff kingsbury coward hates going for it on fourth and short loves kicking field goals a very high projected game maybe this is the week it all turns around and they start scoring touchdowns but hey you score seven seven touchdowns kick one field goal we're good zane gonzalez over Seven and a half points. That pays around even money as well. Miles Sanders for the Philadelphia Eagles. We know how stout both of these run defenses are. I almost went to Dalvin Cook, three and a half on the over of receptions. Another prop that I really do like. However, the site that I use in order to do these, if you pick two props from the same game, you can no longer parlay them together. Plus, Dalvin Cook, the over receptions was minus 160 the last time I saw it, and that's getting juiced up. I do think it's a very good bet, but instead I played Miles Sanders over two and a half catches in this game. No sprolls. Corey Clement placed on IR. They're running out a two running back set with Howard and Sanders. I don't know how many carries Sanders is going to get, but if this is a game where the Vikings do get up, we're going to see Sanders on the field a little bit more. This is another game where it looks like there's a bit of reverse line movement on the go. Uh, Just looking at the Eagles right now, 66% of the tickets uh, and bets are on the Eagles. Only 58% of the money, so maybe it's not. Vegas is taking somewhat of a stand here uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles, but that means they have to pass more. That's really good for the Miles Sanders receiving over. Uh, Hopefully they just don't use Jordan Howard in a lot of those spots, but he only needs three. I like that one a lot. And the other one is, I mentioned it with Adrian Peterson. Bill Callahan has come out and talked about how much they want to grind unless they're like pulling a reverse psychology move here which i don't think the washington redskins coaching staff now minus their head coach uh is really savvy about but this is a gravy matchup against a bad run defense i don't know how much ap has left in the tank so hopefully he doesn't get hurt but if he doesn't get hurt over 15 and a half carries for adrian peterson in this contest those are the big three for me you parlay parlay those together you get plus 585 almost six to one 
on your money. And then I have what I call the parlay booster. So you take those three and add these four to it. I don't have enough confidence in them to play them solo. I don't like them as much as those other three. So I'm really hammering down on the other three. But the other four to add to those three to make a seven-leg parlay are Derrick Henry over 73.5 rushing yards, the Rams and Niners game over 3.5 sacks, Robbie Anderson over 20.5 yards longest reception, and D.D. Westbrook over 4.5 catches against the Saints. This isn't going to be a situation in Jacksonville where D.D. Westbrook just plays on the outside and Marcus Lattimore shuts him down. Jacksonville can't win if they decide that's the move that they're going to make. And we saw this last week. To get him off of Bradbury, they moved D.J. Chark all around this offense. He played almost 35% of his snaps out of the slot. So I'm not going to be too worried about Chark, but Westbrook is going to play in the slot. If they use, if they just have three wide receiver sets, D.D. will likely be in the slot. If they have four wide receiver sets, he is definitely going to be in the slot. And that is really where you want to try to expose the... Saints defense and if they do get as much pressure as I think they can get on Minshew in this game it's going to be a lot of short passing which would lead me towards Fournette and Didi as the primary recipients of reception so over four and a half receptions I like a lot that parlay pays 76 and a half to one so if you hit that you're probably good for the year as it pertains to these my record so far is nine minus like the uh, the first touchdown props which are like 50 to 1 and craziness like that the actual like coin flip props 19 and 10 so far this year hoping to have a good week whenever i hit my thursday game and i made it my super lock with the patriots i generally do have a good week so we'll see how that all ends up going on i got some bonus bets for you too if you really want some dgen action here uh, i used fantasynational.com the golf website uh, everyone should become a member of that sometimes it prints a lot of money we're in the running for an outright 50 to 1 winner on cameron tringali zing zoo zang has the chance at the top five here Braden bailey has a chance at the top 20 it's shaping up if things break right for a potentially huge week in the golf game so i played some sunday head-to-heads that I, I also posted this up on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram page, all at the PME, if you want to check them out. It starts at 12.15 a, or p.m. Eastern time. That's the first of these matchups. You have till then to get them in. But I like Brandon Bailey over Bohog, plus 150. Wes Roach over Stuart Sink, plus 150. Zing Zhu over Harris English. It's one I have the least confidence in, but they're giving me plus 137. Zhang, extremely good at ball striking yesterday. Hopefully he can get the putter turned around. And Seb Straka over Carlos Ortiz plus 137. I played each of those as a solo, and also I parlayed them together two separate ways. The parlaying four of them all together, it pays 34 to 1, so I'm in on that. And I also played four three-way parlay, so I give myself an out if I go three of four, uh, and all four of those pay around 13, almost around 14 to 1 if you can get all three legs of them. So those are the bets for the week. Let's talk about Super 7 for a second. If you play in a spread picks pool, trying to find my super sevens here i thought no i took a picture of it because i'm an idiot i'll just bring it up here on the screen very quickly tell you who i'm going with i don't like i said i'd play more spreads in the betting market if i had a good lean on the week but i still like the saints i like them plus one and a half at jacksonville i like the chiefs minus four and a half this is from the gups corner these lines are a bit out of whack because the chiefs are down like the saints are now plus three the chiefs are now minus four and i'm like giving myself away points on those games but i still like them i like the chiefs minus four and a half the skins i like minus three and a half tennessee that's my super pick for the gups corner contest plus two i might end up getting in on that one at some point i do really like the titans over the broncos this week dallas even with their woes on the offensive line that line is getting steamed towards the jets like 
the Jets still aren't good. Dallas beats up on bad teams. Minus seven, I still like it. The Rams minus three and Green Bay on Monday night minus four uh, are my seven picks this week in the Super 7. Yet to have a minus 500 week, so... Hopefully I can get back in like the seven and one, maybe hell go eight and zero or seven and zero here and hit my lock. And all of a sudden I win like two K and have the super seven on the go. Um, and then I can get back into the overall running in this contest, but I've been treading water for a few weeks. Hopefully I can come up big this week in the Gups corner, super seven. Uh, and really get after it here. But my favorite one of those seven is Tennessee plus two, but I still like it less than all the props or the three main props that I gave you. So I've really funneled my money towards that. I'd give you a survivor pick, but I'm out like most of you out there. Uh, it's been a shit year. I mean, every year is a shit year for survivor, but last week was the, the double knell in the coffin, just the bears just gagging it away in London. Then the chiefs coming out and just you know, not winning against the, uh, cool. So it depended on how you structured your teams that uh, there are very few people left in Survivor. So congratulations. You might want to start working out different ways with the few people left. If it's for big money and being like, hey, let's just all split this and let's get good. Let's be good to go because you've been lucky so far to avoid those bombs. It's not going to happen forever in this circumstance. So that is something to pay attention to. Uh, Monday night game, Devontae Adams is out. Jamal Williams is back in. Marcus Valdez-Scantling likely to play, as is Danny Amendola. Uh, Mike Daniels out for the Detroit Lions, which really opens up a lot of running room in the middle for um, Aaron Jones. That's a guy that I'm thinking of. I do like the Packers in that game. A lot of people betting right now. If I go look at it, let's see here. Uh, Lions, Packers. Yeah, a lot of money on the Lions so far this week. That line has dropped from five and a half to three and a half uh, in the outright betting market. Paul, you want to jump in for a second? Sure. Yeah. What, what do you make of this? I was week? actually try, I was trying to make myself a phoner board. It was pretty funny, but but because uh, you're in the darkness over there. Yeah, the camera. I tried. We put that new lens on, and that that new lens, not no bueno. Oh, it the was, new lens is fantastic. It's fantastic. Lens. It's not great for not, you having the camera right. Yeah, in your face. I've got like some like Amazon boxes behind me. I was just like, there's no way for me to clean this yeah, up. There is a light that I could have shown on my face, but like that's too. I, that's an IKEA light. It doesn't I, match the lights that I'm using right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the people are ready this. to see me in my Sunday finest. You do. You listen to all these shows. You do a ton of research every week. We rarely bring you in for football you host the mma show we do the challenge show together what have you picked up so far for the week of like a what does it seem like people are doing with their DraftKings lineups and what are you doing with yours all right so like here's here's what was gonna be on the little phoner board it was gonna be my name but it was gonna say playing 100 jets d you, really you're that in on jets d I mean, the line keeps moving that way. I know it's probably – it may be a donkey play, but, like, the way I think about it is, like, they're way too cheap, and and I can just do so many different things. I can get all the running backs that I want. I can get really good wide receivers in play. I don't have to necessarily take all the cheap wide receivers who I don't think are nearly as, as good this week or in as good of spots as previous weeks. I don't know. It's one of those things that, like, as the week as the week has went on, I've just kind of forced myself. I've I'm, I'm going all in on it because if they even get like, if they get a defensive touchdown, they've already got two this year. Well, why them? I mean, they're both. They have three technical defensive. They have two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown. But why them over the Cardinals? I like the Cardinals a lot more. Just there's so much more pass volume in that game. 
I just think, I don't know, Matt Ryan, I just don't think he's going to make as many mistakes. It's a tough spot coming up into uh, into the into New York. I don't know. Dallas looked pretty bad recently. Hey, it could be a complete donkey play, but I would kill myself if, like, I basically it comes down to this. It's like I mess up defense pretty much every single week anyway, so, like, what's <laughs> any different if I get, like, a minus two from the Jets? At least they only cost $1,500. Yeah. Like, I've been paying up for some of the big defenses constantly. It's just, like, every time I pay up for them, they, they get, like, two, three points. So it's, like... I might as well just purely punt. If it works out, it works out. But at least I'm getting the players in that I want. I only do three lineups for the record, though. So it's not like I'm... If you're doing 20 lineups, I would not do what I'm doing. If you're doing three lineups, I probably wouldn't do what I'm doing. I'm just... I I don't want to be a coward, Pat. I know. Listen, if you're going to play three lineups, you... You should probably just go all in on those three laps. I got to check the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, too. The link is in the description in video uh, right now. Did it fill this week? It wasn't filled this morning, which is shocking to me, considering it's a no-rake event. Yeah, that Uh, is. Let's see. People, give your head a shake. The link is right in the description of this video. There are 200 spots left in the Pat Mayo Experience (laughs) Listeners League link or league right now. Literally rake-free. Yeah, it's rake-free. And they're only going to make it smaller. And now, they, they it's gonna, make, now it's going to be like 30K next year or next week, right? Yeah. So, like, at this point, there's still 3,500 spots in it. We need to fill that up to keep it at 3,500 at the very least. It still might drop because it didn't fill early enough. But it's rake-free. It's 15 bucks to play. Like, go play that right now. Uh, just stop. Why? I mean, you can do it while you're watching, I suppose. But, like, that's a three-max entry. Like, who are you using? Like, so you're locking in the Jets. Is there anyone else that you've locked into all your lineups? Here's a question that I think is very viable this week. You know, you have Malcolm Brown down there. Um, in, w- in a way to differentiate your lineup, we talk about how all of the great tight end options this week. I think it's actually a, a week where you could arguably, at least in tournament builds and stuff, have two tight ends. Why don't you play like a Mark Andrews and a George Kittle or a Hooper or like rifle those three guys through rather than everybody's going to have Malcolm Brown in that flex spot because it's a, you know, a later game in the day. They're going to have him in that flex spot as they go in. Like at least it kind of... It differentiates you at the top, and like Malcolm Brown, ver- like you're gonna have a similar build to a lot of those types of people. But Malcolm Brown versus Mark Andrews, Malcolm Brown versus George Kittle. I know there's a few hundred in between them, but like th- a lot of people are gonna have that build. It really doesn't change it up that much. Gives you some differentiation, and those guys are very, very live to outscore Malcolm Brown. I agree with you. I I don't. I, I'm very curious about how this ownership is gonna shake down because I think that there are enough viable options down there, and I don't think everyone's like. Malcolm Brown, he's great. And people are kind of scared of the 49ers, too. That I don't know if he comes in. He'll probably be the highest owned of those low-end guys. But, like, what do you think his ownership's going to end up being? Uh, like, does he push 20? Does he push 30? I think he's got to push 20. Especially with David Johnson in. Like, you don't have any of those other, like, you know, those other cheap options at running back right now. Not really kicking into to play, right? Like... Like you're not going to get Chase Edmonds. Adrian Peterson, who wants to play Adrian Peterson? I'm Ken, playing Adrian Peterson in, in one of three lines. Is Kalen Cal- is what's he trending towards? But Balage is basically like a non-factor here. Mark Walton's going to be the backup. For. I'm kind of just scared of this Washington-Miami game altogether. Yeah, like, I don't think I'm playing anybody from it just because, like, all right, so here's the thing. And it has been climbing, so it's been going against my argument. But my my problem with it, like last week, everyone was like, why would you play the – sorry, I'm trying to make – trying to direct and uh, and cut at the same time here. So like last week you had Cincinnati and, and Arizona. 
But, like, the total was, like, 49 in that game. So it's like, okay, like, these are two bad teams, but, you know, at least the total's high. This one was, like, 39 early in the week. It has been climbing, so that is good. Um, you know, Case Keenum being in, probably better for guys like Terry McLaurin and stuff. But I just think it's, like, two bad teams. Why would you want to, like, sink yourself into a guy like Drake who, who knows? There's probably some other... Yeah, running like, back in Miami we've never even heard of, and he's going to get some run if Balazs is out. My favorite play in this range is Carlos Hyde, though. Like, the Chiefs are brutal against the run, for one thing. Uh, you can stack the other side of it if you want to use, like, Pringle, Kelsey, and Pringle, Kelsey, and Mahomes, or Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey. Carlos Hyde's a logical guy to bring it back with instead of just piling up on DeAndre Hopkins and everything else that goes around with it. But... It's a situation where if they get in close, you just have to fade a Deshaun Watson running it himself, and all of a sudden Carlos Hyde scores twice. It's Hyde and Peterson are so similar to me, but it seems like a lot more people are very comfortable playing Peterson over playing Hyde. Uh, I think I can project the volume for Peterson a little bit more than I can project it for Hyde. I think that he's more on either end of how this game could go because if they get behind by a bunch, obviously you're not going to see a whole bunch of Carlos Hyde in this game. You'll see more Duke, more Duke Johnson on yeah. the field. Whereas Adrian Peterson, where they're favorites in that game. And that line keeps moving, too. Like, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites now, right? The Skins are? Yeah. Oh, I, the Skins are, yeah, the Saints minus three. The Chiefs are down to three-and-a-half? Wow. Yeah, there's some crazy, crazy line movement all over the place. But th- this week specifically, like, we actually did the spread show a little bit later, and, like, the lines have moved significantly. I always update before every single Sunday show. But, yeah, like, the Skins four-and-a-half-point favorites now. I mean, that line keeps moving that way all week, and I think it's – I don't know what the, the public versus – like, who? where's the money coming in on that? Are uh, people betting the skins or uh, – People are. I will look that up for you right now. People are I, – I don't even know how much, like, take is on that game. Yeah, correctly. fair. I, I think a lot of people are just kind of like, ugh. Yeah, nobody wants to be involved in the toilet uh, bowl. Money's on the skins, but not a ton. They're up to minus six in some spots. Yeah, like there's so the books are seemingly scared of that money. Like, yeah, it, like, it, it seems it, like that's a good Washington. Washington in Super Seven, I think, is uh, pretty much a lock now. Yeah, oh, McCaffrey's on the goal line here. See what he's up to. Come on. Oh, no. sneak from Kyle Allen. Where was this when I bet you first touchdown, you jerk? Oh, Kyle Allen scored? No, he didn't get it. <sighs> Should have just given it to Christian McCaffrey again, I suppose. So much, like, I guess the money is now back on the Chiefs at a 52% clip now that it's actually dropped to three and a half. You think maybe that has to do with any Tyreek news? Maybe. I, I have actually haven't, I should probably, before we get to the questions here, up, update myself on what's going on in the world of injuries. But how, old, how old do you think Pringle's going to be? How owned is Pringle going to be? Yeah. I don't know. He had a concussion last week, didn't he? Like, he left the game with a, with a concussion, I believe. Did he? Yeah, but I think he got cleared, or he at least had to go through quick protocol or something like that. That's, like, the one thing that I haven't seen. I could be wrong. I seem to remember it happening during the game because that was uh, prime time. I don't see anything. Byron, I'm typing it in. But he is, was in concussion protocol. He was. So it's like... That's, during the game, but it, he was fine. Like, he didn't have Okay, he came back after... Okay, well, I mean, this could be a situation of the Chiefs failing to tell the truth, but yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's, that's been my one concern with him. He's like cheap, chalk, $3,500, lots of other receiving options there. Like, I'm I, trying, I, I think I'm trying to get away from Pringle. I have him in, I have, so I have three builds. I have one with, uh, 
with Mahomes. I'm paying up for quarterbacks, so I've got Lamar and I've got Mahomes. I'm just paying up. Just because I'm paying down at defense, I'm able to get the safer quarterback plays. So I have Pringle right now in that uh, in that Mahomes build, but I don't know. The, the guy to like I said, the guy to you probably use in that game if you were to play a bunch of Chiefs Texan stacks, like it's Demarcus Robinson. Like the air yards don't match up with what he's been actually producing on the field. He should be out producing the numbers he already has. And everyone's just so enamored with this price of Pringle and they'll want to play, they'll want to pay up for Kelsey or they'll want to pay up for Tyreek Hill if he returns. It just doesn't seem like anyone's using Demarcus Robinson. No, I don't think anybody's using him. Nobody's using Nicole Hardman, but if Tyreek Hill's back, Nicole no Hardman's using, really hard to use. No but like nobody's game. using those running backs yeah, on, on Houston. Like it's actually for a, t- for a game that has 55 total, there's a lot of unused pieces. The the issue becomes there's so many pieces on both sides that like which guy has the the Will Fuller week you know yeah I wonder if it's Will Fuller again this week who knows I mean nobody's using Will Fuller but yeah. like his price went up uh, over fifteen hundred so I can understand why the price is scaring people off but like there's no reason why Will Fuller couldn't just go out and do the same damn thing all over again I was on it last week. I won't be paying up for it this week, though. The the two moves that I like, uh, if you do use Malcolm Brown and you put him into your flex spot to give you the ability to late swap, that Chase Edmonds is right there, that if you fall behind in a lot of these contests, knowing that Malcolm Brown is going to be super chalky and like you have no, no more outs, you can either leave 300 on the table and pay up for Chase Edmonds and maybe something happens to David Johnson. Who knows? He's already kind of banged up with a back injury and then you just inherit a very, very easy matchup for Chase Edmonds at 4600 bucks. Oh, yeah, I think that's a great strategy. Or, or just go to Ito Smith or Tevin Coleman. Like, if you're behind... Yeah, if you're not, like, cashing big after the after the 1 o'clock slate of games, I think that is the move. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, you, you probably do have to get off Malcolm Brown yeah. in that spot, knowing that you need to catch up. Yeah. And you would then have to go contrary, and at least all those guys play in the later set of games. So maybe, yeah, just lock Chase Edmonds into those lineups, because you can pay... You can pay down for Malcolm Brown if you're ahead and you don't, you know what I mean? You can lock him in and then pay down. If you have Malcolm Brown, you end up, end up overpaying, obviously. Sure. Then you don't have room for Chase Edmonds. The other one would be if you don't want to pay for Pringle. I mentioned Miles Boykin is exactly the same price, but I'd probably try to find a way to get up to Robbie Anderson at $4,000. I think if you're just looking for floor, if you're playing cash games or your season-long lineup, someone like Jamison Crowder is just a safer bet to score points. But if you're looking to win on DraftKings, you need someone with high upside who could potentially see a ton of volume. I, I really think that Robbie Anderson's that guy at four thousand dollars. He's the guy with the highest ceiling, no doubt. Yeah, uh, but J- yeah, Jamison Crowd. Like you're not going to get 17 targets, 14 receptions, nine, 99 yards. I think he got on that, which is kind of hilarious. But that's yeah, that's Jamison Crowder. But like that 4K. Like shit, if he gets ten, or, you know, ten targets, eight receptions, gets like seventy yards, like he, he's not killing you. Both of these guys are good plays, in my opinion. I wouldn't be playing both of them at the same time, though. I don't have that much faith in Sam Darnold lighting up this uh, this slate. No, no, the the world is betting the Jets because Sam Darnold is back, and now they're now they're really good all of a sudden. Paul, give me Bell. Yeah, give Be- me Bell. Bell is Bell and like are Bell and Fournette still like we, we've talked I think about those all these the- cheap running backs? Should you just play Fournette and Bell? That's what I'm doing. I'm playing Chubb instead of I'm those. playing those two, and then Malcolm Brown is in the mix. And really, I'm not doing too, too much. Like, I, I like to keep my running backs for doing three, uh, three, uh, three lineups. I just like to keep it super, super tight. So, like, 
sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Most of the time, it's the kind of middle of the rung. I'm fading, yeah, I'm fading the top. I actually really liked Alvin Kamara earlier in the week. Wait, um, no, no one's going to use him. I know, and but like... But now I'm scared because he's been injured all week. But who knows how much of that is true. Oh, like, I think he ends up being a great, great little pivot play up there. Um, just but, getting like nobody's going to use him. People are going to use Zeke because, you know, seven point favorite versus the Jets. Jets have been awful. Dalvin Cook's going to get owned. They're not going to be as owned as they likely should because, you know, bad matchup. He's got a. He's going to have to be utilized in the passing game, which he is. But, you know, it's scary at 8,400. Alvin Kamara, nobody's going to use him. Nick Chubb also. Apparently, uh, you know, the uh, Seattle Seahawks have given up, like, the most, most yards. Or they're up there in terms of screen passes all season. And, yeah, like, that's... Nick Chubb can – well, he did it against uh, – he did it against – who was it that one? Uh, Baltimore that one week. Yeah, but now, Don- now Dontrell Hilliard's back. They tend to use him in the screen game more. Like, if you were in a situation where you really wanted to get contrarian and, like, Elvin Kamara was on the table for you, just – I'd use David Johnson instead, uh, knowing that's equally as risky as it pertains to health, but he's in mm-hmm. just a much better situation in terms of matchup. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, like, Bell, Bell and Fournette are just the, yeah. the lock and load. I'm hoping, yeah, with, with playing Lamar Jackson this week, I'm just hoping that he just, everyone, nobody's actually on Ingram, which is kind of scary because that means he's probably going to score this week, right? Nobody's actually on him. It's actually a good spot. Everyone's kind of scared off. I'm hoping Lamar just steals all of his rushing touchdowns. Good news for uh, Christian McCaffrey. He, they ended up going for it on fourth down, and he scored a touchdown. Oh, good for, good for him. Yeah, good for all your season-long teams. It's true. You, that was you first, do have him everywhere. First overall pick. Yeah, it's a savvy move. Yep. All right, uh, I'm going to do a call to questions. I got nothing really else to contribute here um, in terms of the morning, and we've kind of went over bets. Uh, again, all my props for both golf and football are posted on my Twitter feed. They're posted on my Facebook page. They're posted on my Instagram, all at the PME. If you want to see the cheat sheets for either spread picks or DraftKings picks or ownership, hit the description of this video or podcast. You can find all that out right away. All my rankings are also posted in there right now. You'll get a fresh update once I finish doing this show, uh, probably around, I don't know, 11, maybe 1045, depending on how long the question and answer situation goes. But that'll do it for me. For the audio podcast version, we're going to hit the viewer chat again. The audio podcast is always capped before we get to the viewer chat, so people can go for their run, go walk their dog, go take a shit, wherever it is. Uh, always on Sunday mornings, go download that show right away. And if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Not the live chat, the comment section. Tell me who your slate breaker for week six is going to be on DraftKings. That or leave an audio review. Subscribe to the audio podcast. Leave a review. Five stars. DraftKings handle something nice about the show. And you'll be in that draw for 20 DK bucks. Again, Cust and Gary are off because it's Canadian Thanksgiving. So they're out drinking, having fun, stuffing themselves with turkey. But I'll be back tomorrow, Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern time with Sal Vetri, breaking down all the games, going over the waiver wire, previewing Monday night, and answering potentially some viewer questions as well, maybe about trades and anything like that. So I'm Pat Mayo. That was Paul Shag. Follow him at Paul Shag on Twitter, by the way. And we'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.